Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another episode of the Gluten-Free Voice. I'm Jules, and I am here to be talking about a subject that I hear lots of my readers ask questions about, and that is gluten-free and food allergies on campus. It's really an interesting subject because some folks are finding out that they need to be gluten-free or discovering food allergies when they get to school and they're on their own for the first time, and some folks are going off on their own for the first time and testing the waters and trying to figure out how to manage all of this on their own. So I'm really pleased to have with me today um, a special guest. Her name is Beth Winthrop, and she is the National Wellness Director for Campus Services of Sodexo. So Sodexo touches a ton of campuses. I think it's it's over 850 campuses that they have partnerships with and have really been working hard to meet the needs of students with food allergies and intolerances and celiac disease. So I'm thrilled to have Beth with me today to answer a lot of the questions that we have all had in that situation of, you know, what happens when you go off to college and, and what can you really expect, what what's possible for a campus um, dining experience, and how to best manage that. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce Beth. Thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you, Jules. I've been a fan of yours for a long time, so I'm really excited to be with you here today and very excited also to be talking about uh, the campus environment and what can happen in dining for students with celiac disease or with food allergies or any other health conditions that require dietary modifications. So what can we do in that environment? Right. Well, and you guys have really, at Sodexo, been on the forefront of this in a lot of ways. I think because your reach is so broad in the campus environment. But let's back up before we even get into that. There might be a, a lot of listeners, actually, who are wondering, who is Sodexo? What is Sodexo? Um, and, you know, why why are they involved in my particular university or my particular college? Well, Sodexo is a really interesting company. It's S-O-D-E-X-O. Uh, it's a global company. It was founded in 1966 in France and has really become the worldwide leader in quality of life services. So what's a quality of life service? Well, it's kind of like if you were in your own home and you had a full staff of servants to cook for you and clean for you and garden for you and take your calls and all those sorts of things, bring your stuff to the dry cleaner. That's sort of what Sodexo does in a corporate environment, in healthcare, in education, um, in defense, and even in some remote locations such as oil wells. Um, so just all those things that make life easier and allow people to get on with what they need to do. So I've been really fortunate to work for this company for over 30 years, and that whole time I have been in the dining piece of the quality of life equation. And um, for most of my career, I was working in healthcare in acute care hospitals. And uh, about three and a half years ago, I made the switch over to campus services. And it's been really uh, wonderful to kind of get ahead of that curve 
you know, in, in hospitals a lot of times you're you're working with people who've been making uh life decisions for an awfully long time who have you know, eating a lot of French fries during their life and perhaps smoke cigarettes and things like that. And then in the hospital system, you're you're dealing with the outcome of that. So it's fantastic for me to be in the campus setting and be able to kind of get ahead of that curve and work with people to try to get them to like healthier foods and incorporate activity in their day and all those sorts of healthy habits, which will not only give them a, a longer life, but a really great quality of life. Well, I think, you know, that's an admirable mission no matter what. But, you know, we've we've looked lately, you know, there's been so much more out in the news media and certainly people are just aware of it so much more about students who have food allergies and, you know, do they staff, you know, with, with EpiPens or those on campuses and, and those types of, of issues have come up recently. And, of course, with the celiac disease and the sensitivity to any sort of cross-contact, there can't be any dabbling in gluten-free, especially in a campus environment where, you know, I don't want to say that students are hostage to the dining <laughs> dining um, hall, but, I mean, most students don't really have a lot of access, especially their first year, to off-campus transportation and um, the ability to get food elsewhere. So, you know, we really are almost like in a hospital environment. You're, it is a lifestyle, you know, a comprehensive lifestyle approach that, that um, the student has to be expecting to get from the college. But when would you say that Sodexa really, you know, embraced this and decided we're not going to just try to teach students to um, you know, make healthier choices and not live off of French fries and um, diet soda, but also we're going to be proactive in food allergies and celiac disease. Well, uh, it may be a coincidence, but I think this pretty much all got started right around the time that I came over to campus services. So our operators and our chefs for many, many years, probably, you know, 20 years, have been accommodating people who needed special things in college, whether they were food allergic, whether they had celiac disease, whether they had uh, type 1 diabetes or um, religious um, needs for their diet. Our operators have been accommodating that for a long, long time, but pretty much in an individual one-on-one sort of way. So when I came over into campus services um, as a registered dietitian, I was very, very interested in this. There was a lot going on. Um, There had been a university in Massachusetts who actually got sued by their students and uh, because they they felt that they could not um, get the foods they needed for their food allergies and celiac disease. And the settlement that was made with that university basically said, hey, food allergies are a big deal. Universities should look at them in a very serious way, similar to other sorts of things that we would characterize as disabilities, like um, making sure that you can accommodate a blind student or a student in a wheelchair. And most people in universities hadn't really thought about food allergies in that way before. So it became something that was of interest not only to dining, who of course had been dealing with students with with individual needs for many, many years, but also administrators in universities started scratching their heads and saying, hey, maybe we should take a look at this. And maybe it's not only dining. Maybe it's thinking about just students um, with severe food allergies uh, need to have a single room or do they need to have a room with access to a little kitchenette. Um, Do they need Mm -hmm. something different? 
But, of course, in dining services, um, the major part of that impact fell on us. So what I started doing was kind of looking at our different sorts of partners in the campus education world and thinking about what would fit for each of those sorts of partners. So we have some really small schools, some schools that have some really fascinating um, specialty educations. One thing I learned in this job is there's an amazing number of different kinds of colleges in this country, and it's very fascinating. But in the small schools, if you're only feeding three or 400 students, it might still make perfect sense to treat the special needs for gluten-free or for an allergen-safe type of food on a one-on-one -on -one basis. If you only have a handful of students, maybe short ordering um, a meal for those students when they come into dining, pre-planning what they're going to have, having that very close relationship between the handful of students and the chef sense in a small environment, and that's a great way to handle it. The thing that we started developing um, three years ago, which has really kind of taken off, is what, what we refer to as simple servings. Um, simple servings really resonates with students and resonates with their parents as well. It just makes sense. So simple servings is a hot station, and it's in the regular residence dining hall. So um, listeners may remember going into that cafeteria-type setting and going to the different stations. Maybe there was a grill and a deli, a hot food station. Um, if you haven't been to a college food service for a long time, you might want to see what's in your town and see if they have a, a guest meal you can buy because college food service is amazing these days. It has come a really long way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. So good. Um, so, so Simple Servings is just one of those stations or one of the platforms in that all-you-care-to-eat environment. And the food is, is simple. It has no gluten. It has no wheat, no soy, no shellfish, no dairy products, no eggs, and, of course, no peanuts and no tree nuts. So your listeners, I'm sure, are recognizing the big eight allergens there that have to be specially called out on food labels that we see in the supermarket. So of those big eight allergens, um, we do allow regular fish, like a piece of salmon or a piece of codfish, um, that would be served in a way that would that would eliminate all those other allergens. So it wouldn't have a breadcrumb topping. It wouldn't have butter because that would have some milk protein in it. Um, so there would be some sort of, of solid protein, like a piece of fish, a piece of chicken, uh, pork, beef, uh, vegetable proteins, uh, mostly bean type of, of proteins. And then we would have a gluten-free starchy side dish. So that could be sweet potatoes or white potatoes or roasted corn or a wide variety of different rice dishes, quinoa. Um, so we'd always have something like that. And then usually You're a couple of hungry, uh, vegetables. <laughs> I know. <laughs> me too. Um, I can do for some quinoa right now. A couple of vegetables. Yeah. Um, quinoa is great. It works in so many different ways, and it's really a high-protein food and um, very, very easy to do fun things with. Um, but, but Simple Servings does have that simple meal. So when you go up um, and ask the, the chef for your meal, uh, it's very obvious what it is. You might have a piece of, of 
chicken made with cilantro and lime and some jasmine rice and some steamed broccoli. So it's going to be apparent to you what that meal is. And for people with allergies or with celiac disease, that is very, very nice. The other thing yeah. is you're going to know that server because it's the same chef every day. It's the chef that knows you, that knows what you can have, that knows you by name. And I always say when I'm when I'm training these chefs, you want to be that guy. You want to be that guy when this student goes home for their freshman year for Thanksgiving, you want them to say, hey, Mom, I told you I was going to be okay because, uh, you know, Chef George took care of me, made sure I was okay every day. So I'm fine. Don't you worry, Mom. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And it's a great way of putting it when you personalize it like that for the chefs because they really, they are, you know, the hero to to people on campus if they're able to do that for them. I'm really intrigued by the simple servings, though, because, you know, you think of, you know, those of us with food allergies or celiac disease oftentimes have to go someplace different to place our order or have to sit in a different area because there's, you know, it's a peanut-free zone or or what have you. And it sounds like... You know, you're you're describing a situation where someone with food allergies or celiac disease and someone without any food restrictions both go to the same place and order a really super healthy meal and sit down and eat together, and there's no isolation, there's no fear of cross-contact, there's none of those, you know, things will be right. in anyone's mind, which is a really neat concept. You know, that is such an important thing, and simple servings is really different back of the house, the part that the customer doesn't see, um, the ingredients are stored separately, they're prepared separately, they're refrigerated separately. We use special um, tools and um, kitchen gadgets. They're all purple so that we know that Mm -hmm. they're for that station. So it's different in the back of the house, but what the customer sees in the front of the house is that consistent chef, um, you know, very well-trained, uh, also probably using purple utensils, serving out the meals that are that plain, simple, healthy food. And you're right, it's open to everybody. So the students don't feel singled out. Because I don't know if you can remember, you were a freshman in college more recently than I was, but definitely making those first few friends was a big, big deal. So if we just yeah. met each other maybe in class and I'm like, hey, Jules, you want to go to lunch? Um, if we're having lunch together for the first time, I don't really want to tell you hey, would you mind waiting 20 minutes for me because the chef has to make something separate for me because I have these food allergies. You know, it's kind of an embarrassing thing to have to explain Mm -hmm. to a very, very new acquaintance. Um, Although I have to say a lot of celiac and food allergic students do really do a lot to educate their friends and their uh, dorm mates. So that's that's a really helpful thing that they do. Yeah, but maybe not on the first meeting. (laughs) Yeah, Not on the first day they meet someone. So that whole thing of That's not a really being good point, singled right? out, yeah, it's it's really huge. Um, I think, you know, one of the things we work really hard is to get students to talk to us and tell us if they require gluten-free meals or if they have a food allergy. We really want to know about that. But um, statistics from FAIR, which is the Food Allergy Research and Education Organization, say that only about 25% of college students actually tell their servers that they have these restrictions or food allergies. So that's mm-hmm. kind of a scary number. And, you know, when I'm talking to my um, general managers of dining at colleges, I say, hey, you think you have 20 people, but the statistics would say that if you think you have 20, you probably have 80 uh, because they don't all tell us. So that's one of the things we really work hard at. 
That's uh, wow. That's a really interesting statistic. That twenty five percent is kind of scary because you know, as a parent, yeah. if you're sitting there thinking, you know, my kid, you know, might be one of the seventy five percent who's too sheepish to to point something out like that, and that's you know all of the training that you and I both have undergone. Um, you know, on restaurant training and on campus dining training for for food allergies and sensitivities, it is so contingent upon the student advocating for themselves. I mean, you can't identify the student if the student hasn't self-identified. So, you know, again, sort of circling back to the simple servings, though, they don't have to self-identify, I guess. That would be the the out for that 75% who maybe is a little too sheepish. They could still just keep eating there and know they're getting a safe meal and never have told anyone. Right. They can do that, um, definitely, and and that is one of the advantages because we know we have a good percentage of people who don't self-identify. But, of course, we want to we want to help them. We want to be able to give them additional options, so we really, really hope that they will self-identify. So some of the ways we try to make that easier to do is to work with other departments within the university to try to give them a lot of different contact points if they feel comfortable talking to health services. Disability services is now getting into the the picture with this. Um, If they feel comfortable telling an athletic coach or a resident advisor in their dorm. Um, You and I have have both been able to work with uh, Menu Trinfo Company, which does a great job developing Allertrain training for a variety of different audiences. And the new one that will be coming out, I hope, for this fall is um, Allertrain Resident Advisor done in, uh, in cooperation with FAIR. And that's a really, really important thing to do. And, and I've been training resident advisors basically since I was in this job, and I think it's such a great group to talk to because they are a peer. They're another student, but they're a more um, senior student, um, and the freshmen really do feel very comfortable going to their resident advisors. So making sure the resident advisors are aware of what's available in dining and that they, you know, really know that the chefs and the managers, um, dietitians, where we have them, that we all really, really want to talk to these students and we want to be helpful. And um, the other thing I tell parents is college is like a great kind of middle ground. So if you think about most moms of, of kids that have peanut allergies, you can be pretty sure that a peanut never, never darkens the door of that house. There's no peanut butter. There's no peanuts. There's no chocolate that was produced in a factory that contained peanuts. There's nothing with peanuts in that house. So that house is a very safe environment, which, of course, is perfect when you have a small child. You don't want to have that worry in your own house. And then you think of somebody who might be 50 years old with a peanut allergy, and if they want to have any kind of social eating outside the house, um, they're going to have to be really, really careful, and they're going to have to really advocate for themselves. And I have a close friend uh, uh, who's had a number of reactions because of kind of crazy things that happened in in restaurants. So those are two really um, different scenarios But college is that bridge between the totally safe house um, and then maybe that restaurant environment where you don't know if they're trained or educated, you don't know if they really uh, care. Um, At college, we really care. Dining services really cares about students. I've been very fortunate to get to know a lot of our frontline staff, and they're there because they love the kids. 
They love Interact. They are very happy to be working in that college environment, and they really do care, and they want to keep those allergic kids safe. We also have super skilled chefs that have a lot of training. So college is a great bridge to learn how to talk comfortably to chefs about what's in the food, to learn to have those conversations, to plan ahead, to advocate for yourself in a very um, caring environment that is definitely not the cold, hard world, but it's also not your mom. So it's a great bridge, and I think um, parents can appreciate that to watch their kids be able to step out on their own and be able to start taking care of things that the parents took care of them for, you know, did for them for 18 years. Uh, that's that's really um, such a good way of putting it, Beth, because I think, you know, parents are very reluctant to let go, you know, of any student who's going to college, but especially those who have life-threatening allergies or celiac disease. But to teach the kids in a, in a welcoming and open environment like that how to advocate for themselves, you know, for their future is, is a great, like you said, it's a great bridge. I think that's an excellent point. You know, mentioning the parent, the parental involvement and, you know, choosing schools that might be a good fit for somebody like that, you know, do you have any recommendations as as people are choosing colleges? Because, you know, I know there's a lot of people listening who are like, that's not on my campus. There's no way that they would do that for me. Um, You know, is there a way for students either, A, to choose a college based upon this? How would they find out, you know, that there is a very um, proactive and safe dining experience available at certain schools? And, B, what if you're already there and it's not happening? How how would someone advocate for themselves to try to get this type of approach, uh, you know, in the dining services so that they could have safe access? Well, I'll, t- I'll put myself out there for you and say if you are in a college that has Stodexo dining services and you find that it's not happening for you for what you need, you may uh, send me a direct email at beth.winthrop at sodexo.com, and I would be happy to advocate for you for any of any of our universities because uh, that's uh, working with our universities on, on these issues is, is what I do most of the time, so I'm happy to help if, if it's us. Um, and if you're trying to choose a school, I think the main thing is choose a school like you didn't have a food allergy or you didn't have celiac or at least get down to a pool. So think about what do you want to major in? What geography do you want to be in? Do you want to be in a small college, a big college? Narrow down that list. And then when you're getting down to maybe eight or ten schools that you think might be a good fit for you, then start looking and seeing which ones are going to have that very safe meal service, which is convenient for you, doesn't make you feel singled out, gives you a lot of choice and variety, and makes it something that you don't have to worry about every single day. So some schools are better than others at really highlighting what they do on their websites. So I would say do a little bit of digging on the website. Some things that are great to look for is if the school does have a registered dietitian, that person should be able to really fill you in. It will be a great contact person for you. If you're visiting campuses, which you know you should always visit campuses one way or the other just to see if you're going to fit in all the other academic and social sorts of ways, but call ahead and let the dining general manager know that you're going to be on the campus, you're going to be planning a visit, and you'd like to have a one-on-one visit with the general manager executive chef. 
those are the people that you want to see. Of course, if dining services has a registered dietitian, you also want to see that person. But many dining services don't have a registered dietitian, and our managers do do a really, really nice job, and our executive chefs are, are very knowledgeable. So some of the hints from other uh, allergic families would be that you probably want to take a tour during normal operations. So you want to see the dining hall when it's busy, when there's a lot going on, and really see what the kind of real-life environment is like. You definitely, definitely want to meet the chefs. If you're coming with that prearranged appointment, you kind of want to meet as many people as you can. Um, and just ask, like, what do you guys do? Uh, what do you do about cross-contact? Um, can you tell me a little bit about training for staff? Um, do you have a menu that's posted online where I can look ahead? And if I can look ahead, would you be open to something like, well, gee, chef, I see uh, next Thursday you have a piece of baked fish with a breadcrumb topping. I have to follow a gluten-free diet. Would it be possible for you to make to make a piece of fish for me without a breadcrumb topping and have it available for me if I know I'm going to come in at 1 o'clock that day. Is that something that could happen? So, you know, what goes on that might be available for you every day? Because even in a place, for instance, if we have simple servings, you still might not like um, the roast pork tenderloin. You, maybe you don't eat pork, and maybe you'd like something different that day. So those kinds of things where there's real individual um, accommodations, find out, um, find out how that happens. Another thing you'd want to know is in the online menu, can you like click on the recipe and see what the allergens are in that? Because that will really, really help you to plan ahead. And who's your key contact? So you should have one go-to guy. Maybe it's that Chef George guy. One go-to person that you can talk to about this all the time and ask what kind of contact information you can have for that person. Can you email them? Can you call them up? Um, you know, some of our chefs, bless their hearts, even give students their cell phone numbers. I don't expect everybody to do that, but that just shows you, you know, how strongly they really feel about it. Um, and then also, there's also some non-dining questions. You might want to think about housing. So, for instance, on one of our campuses um, that has simple servings, as an example, there might be more than one all-you-care-to-eat dining facility, and perhaps um, only one of them has simple servings. So you might want to look at housing being closer to that dining, which is going to have that allergen-safe offer convenient for you. Maybe you want to look and see, um, is there like a suite set up where there would be a smaller number of students sharing a little kitchenette? Um, because a lot of times students want to, to make their own food, but I'll tell you, um, using a kitchen that's shared by 30 other students uh, in terms of cross-contact is, is, is a lot less safe than our kitchen because we have a lot of precautions yeah. going on. So yeah. uh, that actually worries me. And, you know, the students that want to be off the meal plan, I'm always asking, well, how are you going to eat? You're going to need to eat every day, so how is this going to happen? Mm -hmm. um, but I think I need to mention one other thing, which I, I should have said before. Another thing that we, we have is uh, called My Zone which is a, a personal pantry area that has a lot of gluten-free products. Most of our um, partner universities do not have multiple bake shops or a designated gluten-free bake shop. So we normally do buy a lot of our gluten-free foods um, 
as purchased items. So the MyZone area would have those sorts of things, a designated gluten-free uh, toaster, gluten-free and uh, peanut and tree nut-free um, refrigerator, microwave, those sorts of things. So that's, that's another thing that you can look at as sort of that pantry area when you're visiting colleges. There, there are a number of different uh, variations on that theme. Yeah, well, those are some great points. I was actually going to ask you about the MyZone because I think, um, you know, that might even be something that a, a campus that doesn't have Sodexo, the student could advocate through the campus dietitian for, you know, maybe that type of accommodation. Because after the Leslie University decision that you mentioned at the beginning of the show, I mean, it, yeah, it definitely changed the landscape. And if a person has a documented food allergy or celiac disease, then they can actually advocate under the Americans for Disabilities Act for those types of accommodations. And I want everyone listening to know that that's available. And if you're not getting that service and you're not, you know, feeling safe or feeling like you have options, definitely don't settle for that. Look for answers. And if you're lucky enough to have Sodexo on campus, then you can just email Beth. <laughs> but if not, there Absolutely. are some other ways to do it. Well, yeah. I just wanted and, and to thank you. Um, oh, sure. Go ahead. No, I just, um, we, I think we only have about 40 seconds are, left, and I just wanted to yeah. thank you for your time today, for all that you've done. I mean, you've obviously won plenty of kudos from other people for um, these wellness concepts, and I think it's pretty amazing what you've been able to do in a short period of time. But there are students all over the country who are thanking you right now, whether they know you were responsible or not. But thanks for your time today as well and for your help. And if folks need some more information, Beth's given you her email address, and there is also more information on the Sodexo website as well. Great. Thanks, Jules. Take care and um, keep up all the great work. Thanks. You too. All right. Bye-bye.